Welcome to Intuitive Seek. My name is Mary Treen, and every week I aim to bring you a grounded approach to all things intuition. Through personal stories, experiences, and practices, offering energetic reflections to help you discover, connect, and fully realize how your unique power of intuition is your own greatest teacher. Hello, and welcome to Intuitive Seek. Thank you so much for joining me today. How, how are you guys doing? How is everyone doing? I'm doing pretty, pretty good. I had an interesting week. And one of the things that kind of came out of my week was how much people are kind of becoming more aware of what an empath is and their own getting in touch with their own empathy. When you are quite empathic or more highly sensitive, there is such a thing as, you know, cleansing our energy, quote unquote. There's a way that empathic people really become like emotional sponges around their loved ones, around people at work. And there's so many, you know, I see a lot of posts on Instagram and people calling themselves empaths and talking about empaths and what it, what it is. I mean, if you look at the American election from last year, the whole Democratic Party was, their platform, I believe, was, you know, we need more empathy. So I thought, I just, uh, yeah, I just felt called to kind of, let's talk about what actually what is an empath? I mean, this whole podcast is really about the whole reason I wanted to start it is because so many of us are waking up to those sensitivities to really understanding what our, our intuition wants us to do, which is what is best for us, for what our highest good is, what I believe and what society and our ego really want us to do. And I mean, I've gone through, I've been going through this journey, I mean, for sure, my whole life, but definitely the last 10 years, really searching for my purpose, searching for a way to enjoy life every day. I had, um, I had such a weird thing in my old jobs, in all of my old jobs. It was always the same industry, but I had many, many different jobs. Kind of every 18 months, another company would offer me a job and I would not be happy in the job I was in. So I would think, oh, okay, it's that company. They're the ones that are going to, you know, make me happy, which is so wrong. I'm sure if you're even listening, if you heard that, if you're even listening, I'm sure if you heard that you're probably, many of you are shaking your head saying, no, 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 no. I know for sure that nobody outside of me can make me happy, but I, I didn't know that. I knew that intellectually, but I didn't know that in my body. I didn't know that we are, or that I am completely in charge of my own happiness that every decision and choice I make is mine. 
in that when I was caught up in the wrong jobs and being really unhappy and frustrated and irritated and towards the end of my career, I mean, the last two years, I think I had three different positions and I was getting angrier and angrier about the way that these companies that I worked for, the direction they were going. And that's my fault because those companies, they were going in the direction that they needed to go. I couldn't control that. And if it wasn't a good fit for me, then I needed to find something different. That is what I tru truly understand now. I completely understand that now. Always learning. But <laughs> I really do understand that now. But I didn't then. And one of the things that really clouded my judgment was my empathic energy, the way that I could really feel and understand the people around me because I was an unaware, some would say unempowered empathic person. I took on everybody's emotions around me as my own and they could linger. You know, I used to call them like hangovers. If I hung out with the wrong person, say I was at dinner and there was somebody there who just rubbed me the wrong way, like that I just didn't understand or someone that had really opposite opinions as me, maybe they were, maybe I am thinking of a specific person, but I won't, I won't say their name, but say, you know, they're like removed out of your life, but they're still in your life and you do have to see them once in a while but they have um, a very misogynistic view of the world and maybe they are a little grandiose in how they feel about themselves. And you could call them maybe a blowhard and they don't listen to you and they, you know, however they're feeling and the excitement or emotions that they get about the topics that they're speaking about, it kind of sits at the table and everybody's feeling it. So imagine that kind of person. I hope you don't have to be around a person like that all the time, but imagine that kind of person. And I was an unaware and slash unempowered empathic person, empathic soul, as many, I mean, as many of you guys are, I'm sure. And I have to stop saying guys, I'm trying to total sidebar, but I don't know if you've noticed on most social media from like, probably started like five years ago, when people would talk to their camera, they would say, hey guys. And so it's really just in my, it's just in my brain. It's just in my vernacular. But I don't want to say it anymore because it's not super inclusive and it does leave some people out. And yeah, I'd rather just say everyone, all. I could adopt more of an American, you all everyone is good though. So you will hear guys periodically, but just know that I'm trying my best to not say it anymore. So I would think that most everyone that's listening to this have a lot of empathic traits. And that is one of the reasons that you were drawn to this podcast, because when you are more empathic, your intuition in turn is usually quite strong and a little bit more easily accessed once you become more aware of how that empathic energy works for you. So for me, 
For instance, when I was unaware again, slash unempowered as an empathic person, I would just dread these dinners. I would usually one out of three, try to make an excuse so I wouldn't have to go. So what would happen is I would go to the dinner and try to prepare myself, try to say, you know, you don't have to see this person all the time. This person tends to make you very upset. And by upset, meaning I would, during the dinner being around this person, you know, feel all of these strong emotions of like feeling again, you know, irritated, frustrated. Like I wanted to say something when he said something really derogatory, but then I wouldn't because it wasn't really polite of the situation I was in. So I would hold myself back. I would completely hold myself back. But then that person would feel super good and excited, like they had the greatest dinner ever. And then for like two, I would say, okay, two days for sure. For two days after, I would have like this emotional hangover. I would feel all of those very strong emotions that I felt during the dinner, but I would feel those for like days after. And then I would have like this loop in my mind of blaming that person. Like, oh my goodness, I have to protect myself. Like I cannot be around this person anymore. And I would start to, you know, think more about, oh, that's a real, that's a toxic person. Like that's a person that does not deserve to be in my life. And I shouldn't have to be around that person. Like I'm an adult. This is not okay. But when I started to really understand my emotional body in quotations, which is something kind of I'll get into a little bit more later. But when I started to understand how my emotional well-being could be affected by other people's emotions, then I understood, oh, I can't just like be in a cave. I can't only hang out with like one or two people that don't make me feel like this because that's not reality. That is not a life well lived. If I have to cut people out of my life, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Sure, you can, I feel like it's really important to minimize the amount of time you're around somebody that kind of triggers you that way, but it would make me even more upset to think about cutting this person out. So then I really started to understand what an empath and an empathetic person is. And then I realized, oh, wow, now I get it. That person at dinner is kind of pouring their emotions all over me, but I am just an open, you know, ready to receive person who's like, yeah, give me all of your horrendous emotions. The, the anger you're feeling about that thing that you're railing about or that disrespect that that person felt by when they went on a trip and they weren't served something that they were supposed to get or the discount or whatever. I would take those on almost as if they were like a placed in my body. So instead of my own frustration and my irritation and my disappointment and anger, my own emotions, their emotions would be put in place of those. 
So I would be feeling their anger, their frustration, their disappointment, uh, all of those things. And I wouldn't, but I was so unaware of it that I wouldn't know that it wasn't mine to hold. And that is where that hungover feeling would come from because I would be taking on somebody else's emotions. They weren't mine, so it didn't feel good in my body. Because when you feel your own emotions, even if it's an emotion that is technically negative, it should feel like yours. You should know when you really tune into it where it is and why you're feeling that way. Even if it takes a while to really get into it, you know that it's you know that it's yours. But this person's energy was not mine. So it felt very split. It would make me in that hangover. I mean, the symptoms of it would be like, I, the main symptom of it would be, I cannot stop thinking about this person. This person that I could not, that I could not stop thinking about this person. Even though I was dreading seeing them, knew that it would only be a couple of hours, maybe I only have to see them every two, I was going to say two months, but it's kind of more like every year. So every 12 months, even if it was that small, all of the sudden, after I had been with them at dinner, for two days after, I couldn't stop thinking about them. And I didn't want to think about them because I don't enjoy them. They bother me. And I couldn't, I really blamed myself for fixating on it. Like, um, you know, there are some people where they feel like there's a theory of, you know, we enjoy that, that feeling of being irked or frustrated because it gives us something to focus on. It's a way for us not to focus on ourselves. And sure, I think there is weight to that theory. But in this particular instance, I was really just carrying this person's energy. I was carrying it with me. And so I could not get them out of my head. I couldn't think, I couldn't stop thinking about how much they bothered my system. I mean, even now, speaking about it, I can feel myself kind of getting a little bit worked up which is interesting. So I hope, I hope some of you that are listening can relate to this because what I had to learn about was protecting my energy. And there are so many ways to do that. So I'm going to share some ways that I like to protect my energy and I'm always learning new ways to do it because it's a very, very very important part of my practice and my work. So I will constantly share any new ones that I come up with and um, that I find really are helpful because now knowing how intense and off kilter it can make you when you are not aware that you're holding somebody else's energy, it is like, it is such a gift to be able to find the kind of protection, clearing, cleansing ritual, you could call them when you find the one that works for you. I mean, it can be life-changing, truly. So one of my favorite 
One of the most simple ways to cleanse your energy at the end of the day, after you've been out, you've been at work, maybe depending COVID dependent, you've been at work, you've been um, on public transportation, you've been around people. And if you are more of an empathetic person, you could have taken on the emotions of people around you without even knowing it. So you get home and you want to get, you want to get all of your energy back and you want to give back anybody else's energy that might have come home with you. So you take some salt, hopefully if you have a little bit of sea salt would be the best. You can definitely use table salt. Um, it doesn't have like the minerals in it that some people say are helpful. I feel like regardless of the tool, your intention is kind of the most important, but I like the ritual of the salt. I find, um, there's something like in my, for myself, because like salt water, when I gargle it, if I have a little tickle in my throat, it helps to clear out the bacteria. If, um, you know, I have a little cut on my finger, if you do like a salt water soak, then that really helps to heal it. So I feel for me, I really feel like the salt, um, helps to kind of heal and remove all of that, that energy bacteria, you could call it. So when you get home very easily, you pour a little bit of salt in your palm, you get some warm water running and you start to wash your hands in the motion. So you're like washing your hands with the salt in the warm water. So you're rubbing your hands together under the warm water with the salt. And you can say something like, I take, well, this is what I do. I take back what energy is mine and I give back to them what is theirs. I take back the energy that is mine and I give back the energy that is theirs. I take back the energy that is mine and I give back the energy that is theirs. And it's such a lovely thing to do at the end of the day. And I don't even, I don't know if you can feel it, but even me saying that now, that it's grounded me. It's really brought my energy back. And I wasn't even washing my hands. I was just saying it. So the intention is really important. And one of the biggest pieces of it. So you could kind of brainstorm and think about, well, what would I want to do? but you can say those same similar idea where you some way to reclaim your energy back and then with love, give back the energy that is not yours because we can only be responsible for our own energy. You can't change the emotion or behavior or energy of any other person. Only how you respond to it or react to it. My mom, she used to always tell me when I was younger, because I was very sensitive, obviously, <laughs> very sensitive, empathetic, a real sponge for emotions, and then very heightened emotions in my own self. And she would always tell me, you can't control how you feel, but you can control how you react to it. And now 
you know, as a full grown adult woman, 38 years old, I really understand that. And it is a practice. It is not easy. Because most of the time, when we are taking on other people's energy, and when we're taking it home with us, and we're not reclaiming our own energy back, then again, like I said earlier, then we're thinking outside of ourselves. Because then we are distracted and we don't have to listen to our intuition. And our intuition might be telling us something that we do not want to hear. Like maybe we shouldn't be with the partner we're with or in the job we're in. Or that it's finally up to us to face our fears. That's not fun to listen to. And when we are distracted by other people's energy, then we are kind of in that survival mode. We are reacting to everything around us instead of responding to what we need. So if you do do this practice, if you do relate to, you know, spinning thoughts and looping thoughts and not being able to stop thinking about the boss that you hate or that friend that said something and you just cannot stop thinking about it, that you're upset, you're obsessing about it. Most likely it's because you've taken on that energy. And so you have to, you have to take it back. It's our personal responsibility is that when you do reclaim your energy, when you do make it a practice, this is the most important step to reconnecting to your intuition and therefore your intuitive gifts so that you can utilize them in your life so that they will work for you. So your sensitivity will work for you, not against you. And that is, I mean, you could probably hear it. That is something I'm very passionate about. (laughs) Because for so long, I thought that my sensitivity was such a hindrance to my life that I overthought, overfelt, just too much, too much. But it's been such a gift Because now that I've reframed it, because I've worked at developing it, which went hand in hand with the healing work that I've done for myself with other amazing practitioners and therapists and and podcasts and books, there's so many different kinds of support that we can turn to. And I will acknowledge that it is a privilege to be able to focus on your intuitive development, developing your intuition and healing yourself. Because to be able to do that, we need all of our basic needs met. And that is not the case for many people in Canada, in North America, and in the world. And that's why I like to donate a portion of my income to services that help marginalized women and people that don't have their basic needs met. And I encourage you to look at ways that you can give back as well. But to also make sure that in your own sphere of people, in your own life, that you are looking after your needs that you are filling your own cup first. 
to really, to really live the life we want to live by making choices from the right place. And that's a simple, that's a simple way to explain it, but that is kind of the core of why developing our intuition and healing our energy and ourselves is so important and has so many beautiful benefits to our lives and the future that we want to create. Well, I hope that I was able to help you feel a little bit less alone with these energetic hangovers that so many of us deal with, but many times we don't know what's happening. And yeah, I hope that you're able to kind of implement a certain amount of kind of energy reclaiming at the end of your day. And thank you for listening to this episode. I appreciate it so much. If you have any thoughts or questions that might have come up, please share them with me. I love to hear from you. You can follow me on Instagram at treenlight. That's T-R-E-E-N-L-I-G-H-T, where you can see the artwork that I love to make and also um, some, you know, musings on the things that I speak about on this podcast. And if you feel called to learn more about my work, I'd love to chat about how I can support you. So check the link in the show notes of this episode, and you can also click on my link through my profile on Instagram. And of course, what is a podcast without asking for reviews? But truly, it is the only way that other people can find my podcast easier. And iTunes, I mean, they just care about the five stars. They just do. I purposely don't want ads on this podcast. I don't want you to have to fast forward through them. And I find them a bit distracting. And taking the time to leave a five-star review is a beautiful way to offer support and so appreciated. And I will offer you one last thanks for listening to Intuitive Seek, and I will talk to you next week.